This is Jack Anderson, and this is the Upper Left Performance Podcast. I just wanted to let you know this podcast is available on iTunes. Subscribe there. Give it a five-star review if you feel like it. Leave a nice written review as well if you feel like it. And uh, hopefully we can keep this goodness rolling on. Today on the show, we have Jamal Hill Richardson Albini. Jamal is a very good friend of mine. I have known him for the past three or four years now. Uh, He is a personal trainer out in Orange County, California, um, and is also a professional kickboxer. He has a record of 43-1 in his pro career and is one of probably the most interesting guys to talk to when it comes to a training perspective because he is experienced both as a coach and as an elite-level athlete. Jamal also played college basketball at St. Mary's up in Washington State and has experience working with the San Jose Sharks in addition to all of this. So Jamal's seen it all from all levels, and I really wanted to talk to him about different types of athletes, how they're wired, and what kind of gets them in a performance or flow state. Uh, Jamal gives some great insights on his own uh, tricks and things he does to get into a flow state, and then we just talk about the personalized styles that everyone in the fight game uses in order to get themselves in the right frame of mind on a fight night. In addition, we also talk a little bit about my quadrant training and just consolidating stressors, which we found to be really interesting when talking about professional fighters who are oftentimes working with five or six different coaches on five or six different skills in addition to their own fitness levels. Um, and just how to balance all of that and navigate it. And, and Jamal has some great insight on that as well. Uh, this was a really fun conversation that I had with Jamal at his spot in Prevail, at Prevail Strength and Conditioning in Laguna Beach, California. Um, absolutely amazing discussion. Hope you all enjoy. And without further ado, let's get right down to it with Jamal. Jamal, thanks for coming in, bro. No problem. Yeah, thanks love, for love me. talking to you, man. Yeah, it's my second time being on a podcast with you. <laughs> the last one was a little less... Uh, I don't I, actually fuck. I don't know. It's probably going to be equally informal. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. I'm an informal kind of individual. Yeah, man. No, I. Uh, we were talking. I was down here about a month ago. Your spot here for Vale and strength conditioning in Laguna Beach. For those that are interested and in the area, uh, check it out. But um, we were kind of just talking about athletes and how they react in in those fight or flight situations and competition and, and shit like that. And I really wanted to kind of. Like, just some of the stuff you're telling me was incredible. I mean, first, just give me a little bit of background about yourself, like your athletic history, and then we can kind of dive into that for sure. Yeah, Uh, my name is Jamal Hill Richardson Albini. I have a lot of last names, I know. Um, Basically, my athletic background is I'm a professional kickboxer. Um, I also own Prevail Strength Conditioning in Laguna Beach. But uh, first and foremost, what I've always loved to do is fight since I was a young little tyke at six years old. Um, So I'm a professional kickboxer, and uh, kind of what... uh, you're talking about is uh if i do remember kind of my walkout song yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we can get to that in a minute but yeah like take me through kind of your um like how you got into it what exactly did you do because that's the other thing i didn't really realize like how intense some of your stuff was until we started talking that day yeah so um, basically uh how i got into kickboxing was at the how old was i was like five or six and then uh when you're five or six and you're that like around our age, you watch Power Rangers. Oh yeah. So you watch Power Rangers, you watch Ninja Turtles, you watch um, like all of those like karate movies, kickboxing movies, and things like that. So like the uh, the the three ninjas, Tum Tum, Tommy, and Colt, those were a big influence <laughs> in my life. I remember that. Um, so like I just 
went around the house kicking, punching everything. My mom got sick of it and put me and my brother in karate. Uh, I always wanted to be a Power Ranger. I always wanted to do, um, like, be a Ninja Turtle. I always wanted to do things of that aspect. So my mom put me in karate, and the rest is kind of history from there. Uh, picked up kickboxing and Muay Thai along the path, along the, the, the journey. Um, yeah, turned pro at 16 as a kickboxer. Never really expected to become a professional fighter. It kind of like fell in my lap. Uh, I wasn't the most athletic kid uh, compared to my like classmates, my brother, and mostly compared to my little brother. My little brother is like a genetic freak. I think he dunked for the first time when he was like in seventh grade, and I didn't dunk until like I was a senior in high school. So yeah, and he's nine months younger. Than I mean, me. I'm 30. I still haven't dunked. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> but he's like nine. He's like my nine. He's nine months younger than me. Like so. Uh, my little brother who's way more athletic than I was um, so I kind of like held myself to his standard and he won everything he was super athletic um, and I wasn't quite as athletic as him or as gifted as he was but I think I worked a little bit harder than him and uh, one day it just all clicked for me uh, just putting the fight game together and not necessarily worried about trying to be as fast or as uh, explosive or as quick as my brother but just knowing the game better and being smarter than my opponents and yeah it clicked and I just never looked really like really looked back and started winning a lot so at 16 turned pro I uh, lost my only fight at 17 and then I'm 25 and 1 I think 25 and 1 official record but unofficially like with like tournaments and like fights that don't count on your record and stuff like that I'm probably like 43 and 1 so you only lost two. that one time yeah maybe I, I, I might have lost another one but it wasn't like it was a tournament that would be the only event that I think I also lost but yeah so just figured the game out um but yeah that's kind of like my background yeah, yeah man so the, the one fight you lost you remember that one is that one that like yeah yeah that was a, a funny one that one was kind of um I bit off more than I could chew uh I didn't have kind of the structure behind me that I should have at that point in time in my career and I was kind of not listening to anyone because I won my first fight in like 24 seconds by a knockout to the body. Um, so I was like pretty amped, felt pretty good about it. So uh, the guy that they, no one really wanted to like fight me. I, I just couldn't <clears throat> get a fight with someone like equally to yeah, the record yeah. just because of karate. Like in, in sport martial arts, there's no professional or amateur. There's just black belt men's. And yeah. I had been fighting black belt men's or like black belt tournaments for... I want to say like three years before that and I was fighting every weekend so like you can't quantify that kind of experience um, so even though I my record only showed in one fight I had been training and fighting professionally pretty much for the last like five years um, since like I was like 12 mm -hmm. um, so you kind of got like pigeonholed into a fight with somebody that was just a little like beyond you almost. exactly so yeah. my second fight was but I, I, I took it like everyone was telling me not to take it but I was like, ah, can't nobody touch me. <laughs> uh, and it was kind of a humbling experience. The guy just had grown men's strength. Like, that's not, like, that's something that you don't really, you can't really quantify. But he was just, he just knew his body and his strength way more than I did. And he kind of, like, he didn't beat me down. He just bullied me. Even though we were the same height, kind of the same build, same weight class, obviously. Uh, he just literally bullied me. And it wasn't, like, I just felt like, a little kid <laughs> uh, and he didn't have that many more fights above me he's uh he was nine and oh 
um, and I was one and oh, but yeah, like that, those eight fights, that was in him being, I think he was 29 and I was 17. Oh, I mean, yeah, shit. that yeah. difference <laughs> that, like, that made all the difference. Uh, so after that, I kind of like scaled it back, took it a little bit more serious. And after that, that kind of was a pivotal change. Oh, really? So they kind of put everything together, kind of put things in perspective. Like I need to take it serious. It was like, it wasn't all going to be like an easy joy ride. Like my, fr- after my first fight, like I had a very clouded, um, definition of what it took to be a, a professional fighter because that was so easy so um but that one kind of put it in perspective a little bit <laughs> yeah for sure man that's that's hilarious too you, you, I, I don't know um like going forward after that obviously it changed everything for you, you haven't lost since mm-hmm. um um uh, what what kind of what were some of the keys like it to undergo that change uh i think the main thing was making it a priority um because i took it like any other high school athlete would take if they were like multi-sports, yeah. I didn't like fighting the most. So I kind of treated it like if a, a basketball player who also played football, like kind of how you treat a football. And I was still in high school. So it wasn't like I wasn't in high school still, or I, I wasn't an adult. I was, it wasn't my full-time job. I played football. I played basketball. I ran track. And I well, yeah, and then track. you went to St. Mary's for basketball. I yeah. always forget about yeah. that. So. And then, yeah. um, yeah, got basically it was just like, Oh, I'll do professional fighting too. And, treated it like it didn't mean anything and i i that changed very fast were you fighting while you were playing at st mary's no they weren't allowing you to do that i would imagine uh i don't think they actually would have i don't think it would have been regulated because oh really yeah because it has nothing to do with basketball yeah it has nothing to do with basketball it has nothing to do with the campus it was an extracurricular okay okay um kind of like if you go to like a spin class yeah you know, it's kind of the same thing or it's treated as the same thing I'm going to a martial arts class like <laughs> then you just casually uh casually play with Del Del Dova. Yeah. Yeah. Hated it. Hated it. Terrible. What that that dude uh didn't you say like you walk in and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to I want to show this oh, guy yeah. what's up." <laughs> you think you you think because of like appearance or whatever, or, like from what you see, like but it just all th- that's always been my I think my biggest thing is like I I I uh I take initial judgments a little bit too like I used to at least take it too hard, especially when I'm that young. Like I'd see someone or I would experience something. I'm like, oh, okay, I know what it is. Like, oh, okay, I know what it's all about. But then I'd always have a rude awakening. So. <laughs> Story of my life. Story of my life. Well, yeah, life. that guy went to play in the league, so you can't feel too bad. So. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I said, rude awakening. Did you know when you played him? Like, oh, wow, this guy's like. Absolutely not. Oh, really? No, I did not know. Really? Yeah, I've played with a bunch of people actually, like in high school, that like I that have made it to the league or like <clears throat> I've played with a bunch of people or against a bunch of people who've made it to the league and playing against them I'd be like yeah no I don't think he'd make it but yet there they are yeah <laughs> like, yeah and sometimes like too you like like your story you're saying right here like you hadn't really figured out the fight game oh yeah in that second fight and then all of a sudden something click and yeah, I'm sure even, it's the same they could say the same thing even in, like in college or even that second fight I still didn't think I like I took it serious like I took fights serious but I still didn't think like I was going to do it to the level that I'm doing it now. Yeah. Like, I had no clue. Like, I was like, eh, okay, like, this is fine. Like, you know, but I had no idea, no clue that that was the route. That like, I that was going to be your, yeah. your kind of almost your bread and butter at exactly. this point. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Like, I had no clue. So, put that in perception for me because I'm not, like, super familiar with, like, your sport and, and that, you know, the landscape that, that it is, that, you know, that it is and everything. So, like, if you if you roll up into one of these things, like people know who you are. Yeah. Like you're yeah, yeah, yeah. you're yeah. you're kinda of like a big deal. 
Yeah, in like the karate world, especially, yeah, the kickboxing world, yeah. But um, yeah, so it's it's a, it's really a funny thing because like I can go to an event or I can go to like a, a certain like country or or place and people will recognize me. But like back home, I'm just like you know, I'm Jamal. <laughs> you're all around <laughs> like, the beach and nobody person, knows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so it's a, that's a weird and interesting dynamic where like you're going from one place where. People are asking for your autograph, and then you hop on a plane, and like absolutely no one knows. So people. like, yeah. It's, when did that start happening? Like, what what point in your career? And like, all of a sudden, you're like, holy shit! Like, like here 18, I am. Like eighteen, that happened, and like it was always weird um, for me, like to experience that. Like, uh, we were at an event, and what boy band was there? Like One Direction, I think. Yeah, One Direction was at the same event as us, and they asked for our autographs. One Direction did? Yeah, and, like, we took pictures with them, and, like, they wore my hoodies and stuff like that, and <laughs> pictures. And then I was like, I, this is weird. <laughs> like, I, I'm not, like, it, it was really weird. Um, because they had heard, like, we were a big deal at the event. So, like, yeah, that's what they did. And it was, like, a really weird experience for me to experience that. Uh, especially, like, you know, less than 24 hours, I was coming home to catching the bart to come back home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really yeah weird, man. Man. that's hilarious yeah, yeah so so obviously now now you're a coach and mm-hmm. you know strength and conditioning and karate right yeah um i've watched you coach i mean you just do an outstanding job connecting with people and everything like that and, appreciate that um it's one of the reasons why we're talking and we've still been you know chopping it up ever since i met you a couple years ago and everything but um what what happened with like your coaches that made you think maybe ah, I want to go down this route a little bit and you know was there anything like that like a coach that kind of connected with you on that level or uh, honestly I think it was mm, I, I honestly want to say it's because I wasn't as good as my brother um, like my brother I always thought would be the professional athlete I always would be the pro at anything and I, I kind of like saw it as my job to make him better uh, like in practice like push him to make him get better like so I always saw it in that aspect like what can I do to and I always thought about everything like I overly thought everything through um, like what can I do better to for this or what can I do for that like how can I make him do this um, and then kind of like just competing against him too like and then uh, obviously against other people I'm a very competitive person but that's how I always thought about it it was like how can I make everyone better because I'm not as good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to raise everyone else. So that way, like not only am I, am I not the weakest link, but just because I'm the weakest link or not as good as everyone else, I'm still holding everyone else accountable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you and, just naturally had that leader. Yeah. That leader it was mentality. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I would say I'm like, like you ever watched the mighty ducks? Oh yeah. Like I was like Charlie Conway. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I wasn't that good, but I was good. But like, <laughs> If we had to sit someone out, it'd be you and you can be the coach on the bench. So that's how I like to like view myself as a kid. You were the nerd spouting off the stats yeah. to the coach on the side. Like, coach, you can't play right now. But I now. was good. But like, yeah, but I was good. But like, I, I got voted team captain. I was like, no, like, I was like, how, how am I captain? Like, I don't win as much as these, like, as these people um, for like my sport martial arts team. But yeah, it was, so that's kind of how I was viewed it. And yeah. then, um, yeah, that from that team leadership perspective and point kind of went into coaching and then um in high school we had a actually the girls varsity basketball coach coach O'Shea at Pinot Valley High School he had a uh sports medicine class that I took oh nice so I took sports medicine my senior year in high school and that along with me just playing sports and then me fighting and then all of that kind of just 
naturally gravitated to strength and conditioning and coaching. Yeah. yeah. Kind of always knew what I wanted to do. It's like, it was weird. And now, so you got, you have this, obviously you have prevail and then you've got the, the karate stuff mm-hmm. on the side and everything like that. And, um, coming off the, coming off the knee injury too, when's the next fight? Do you know? <laughs> no clue, no clue. Man. <laughs> This knee is weird. Uh, yeah, I've never really been, like, I've been injured, but never really had, like, a major injury like this. Like, like I tore my ACL, MCL, PCL, and had both my meniscus taken out on my left knee. So, that was, what is today? It'll be 11 months tomorrow that I had Shit. the surgery. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought, so, it, that seems like it was not that long. Yeah, yeah. No, So, just getting back from that still, uh, a lot of scar tissue still. Um, but once, once I feel confident and I don't have to think about it, I'm... Immediately, so are you fighting again right now? Like, just yeah, I'm training. And stuff? Yeah. I haven't sparred yet. I haven't okay. sparred. We've been doing like live Zoom sessions with my team, uh, and we've been like, I've been doing those. I actually did one this morning, like a mandatory uh, training session. Um, so just kicking, trying to kick again. Uh, movement actually isn't bad at all, like loading into it and pushing off onto it and, la- and landing onto it. It's not difficult at all, um, but it's just extension like knee extension like when i kick or yeah. if i hyperextend my knee if i miss a kick that's what i'm afraid of yeah <laughs> so, so do you trust it yet or no no so once okay. i trust it then we'll turn on the, the jets but i just don't trust it in yeah. that i trust it everything else except for making impact with a kick yeah like yeah. that scares me um and it's weird because i've never been afraid of an injury yeah so. that's that's got to be a different a different feeling it's definitely for you. Different. well and then you even said it yourself like you you think everything through and everything, and there's yeah. definitely like a, a process and all yeah. that stuff. And so I mean, just, sometimes it can be helpful, but I'm sure in this case, like maybe it's a little can be a little no, bit of a even hindrance. In, even in the yeah. ring, like I, honestly, some of my some of my like like uh, in sport martial arts or even in like tra- uh, training, I will like let myself get beat because I'll think someone is better than they are, or I'll give them too much credit, mm-hmm. um, and I'll overthink things. Like I'll be like, oh, I should throw this. But wait, he's pretty good. He might throw that. But if he throws that, then I can do this. And then I can do that. <laughs> I can do this. And then like I'll think like seven moves ahead, and it's just like he, that person doesn't deserve that many steps. Like I could execute and like get my get my move across. Who cares what he's doing? Let me exactly. just do my thing. Exactly. Yeah. Get my yeah. point across so much faster and so much easier. And like, and then I ended up getting like hit or scored on or whatever it may be and it's so unnecessary because I was sitting there thinking where I gave him too much respect. So yeah. That's how it comes to bite me in the butt a lot in the ring. Yeah. That's that's some interesting stuff though cuz I'm definitely the same way now granted I'm not the the athlete that you are um but you know just I like to tinker and mm-hmm. and play around so we were talking about how I'm changing kind of how I'm sprinting right now and yeah. stuff like that. And I mean the other day I just gone through three or four really bad training sessions where I'm just worried about something. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. Like honestly, exactly. it just doesn't matter. And exactly. so, so one day I just walked in there, I just did a couple drills to warm up. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty loose today. I'm not going to think about it. I just went down. Pow. I was yep. like, Oh, well there it was. Didn't yeah. even have to think about it. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, same, I was like, I actually, that's probably, that was probably the biggest like learning curve and coaching actually it was, I was over, I was starting off. I would over coach. Um, instead of just like let things happen um, and letting people figure it out like giving them the autonomy like I would way overcome yeah. like especially in fighting like oh my god yeah, like, I, I can't still, imagine I still find myself overcoaching in fighting yeah. but uh, yeah that's that's one that overthinking definitely is a hindrance sometimes it's a blessing but it can also be a curse yeah and because there, there's a time when it's not a terrible thing to do you got a stable environment where you want to think something through great but like once it's go time like 
they, the atmosphere is too chaotic for you to start adding thoughts into exactly. it. So. Exactly. <laughs> and the, yeah, I think that's like we were talking a little bit today about like allowing athletes to like in sprinting, for example, like mm-hmm. allowing them to kind of fall and like yep. gravity do some of the work. We don't have to proactively tense muscles. We can just let them react to yeah, what's going on. Letting them us. react to the environment, yeah. like to what's going on, um, making things more fluid. Yeah. More athletic. Yeah. Quote unquote. Um, yeah. The great ones do it, man. Yeah. Like they do it. Like you can, that's what, it's an interesting thing. You see some of these like NFL guys that go into strength and conditioning afterwards and they're, they're saying all this stuff. Um, I saw one the other day and he's like, Oh, for this kind of move and speed, you need to do this, that, and the other. And then I literally went and watched game tape with this guy and he's the exact opposite. I'm like, he's elite. He never yeah. thought about what he had to do. Like, <laughs> you know, he just did it. <laughs> like, what'd you do there? I don't know. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Keep, doing Keep doing that. Yeah. I try to coach so much less now. Yeah. Like even with people that don't know what they're doing and like want their hand held, like, mm-hmm. You just try to give them like an exercise that they can do and they can, it automatically gets them in the position you want them to get into. And then you let them kind of do the work. And when you're yep. done, you ask them how it felt. Yep. That's all you exactly. really got to do. You're just looking for certain <laughs> qualities and have a theme, and, but that's about it. Like, yeah. But yeah, I think this transfers nicely into like what one of the things I really want to talk to you about. And that's kind of almost like, I guess, athlete and like neurotypes or like how they thrive, you know? How people are wired. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, and, um, one of the stories you told me was just absolutely hilarious with the with your you know your walk-in music and yeah. everything and, and how you react to that. So. so with me, it's like I am a very I, I react to my environment super well, um, but like it's like an instant adaptation. So even with like music, if I listen to like hyped up music, I'm gonna be hyped. Like my energy is gonna go up, my adrenaline is gonna spike. I'm gonna like basically be like ready to go. Uh, if I listen to something mellow, I will really feel the music. I will get into it. Like, I'll listen to the words, and I'll just <laughs> dive deep into it. Like, it can be like a guitar solo. I will get lost in my guitar solo. Like, on like ugh, like a free bird guitar solo? <laughs> Stop. Gone. Stop it. Uh, Hotel California guitar solo? I'm, like, zoned out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so with my walkout music, uh, I, I learned very fast that my music can be a detriment to my performance. Uh, so I used to listen to songs like right before I fought that like amped me up and like really, really like drove home my adrenaline and I would get in the ring and I would be gassed. I would be tired. I would be like, <laughs> my adrenaline is dumb. I'm like, Ugh, I'm already sweating. You that dope with me is long co- gone. Yeah. Like, Come here. Where is yeah, it? My, coach is, my coach is talking to me. I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> and, and the fight hasn't even started. Like, and so that was actually, uh, that took me a long time to learn actually though. Um, and it actually didn't transfer over until like professional kickboxing, like maybe I want to say like three or four years into it, when my coach was like Jamal, like, you really need to calm down right now, and I really couldn't. So the next fight, I switched my song, and it was still maybe amped, but it what was, was it? a lot mellow. So my first song was I walked out to California Love. Oh gosh, yeah, dude, dude, you like, can't, yeah, California. you can't do that. And yeah, it hyped me up, and then I walked out to a Bay Area song by Max Ray, and that one hyped me up, and then I kind of switched to Notorious Thugs by Notorious, uh, Notorious B.I.G. and Bone Thugs and Harmony, and that like really mellowed me out, but I was still amped, yeah, like, still heartbeat beating really, really fast, but my adrenaline didn't spike as hard, and then I was like, okay, for my next fight, I'm gonna try something very, very slow. And see how I respond to that. And it was uh, 
Feeling Good by Nina Simone. Oh, and yeah, yeah, That yeah. has been my walkout song since. And that literally keeps me mellow, keeps me focused. I My adrenaline is kept under check. I don't even feel anything. It's just I feel the music. I feel what I need to get done. I feel all of the training that I've done. It like just puts me in the perfect headspace, mind space of just reflecting on everything that I've put in, reflecting everything that's going on, and then reflecting what's about to happen yeah, to this person in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just it does the job for me so well. And, and then I even noticed that with training. Because, you know, uh, playing sports your whole entire life, like it's always like amped up music in the weight room or like when you're training or whatever like that. And then I noticed like when I listen to like soulful music or slow jams or like love songs or like deep R&B, I actually have a better workout because yeah. I keep things in perspective. I keep things uh, with uh, everything's like has way more intent behind it. I rest way easier in yeah. between sets. Like, and that's just how I operate. Would you say kind of you found your flow state with 100%, this sort of? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And uh, that translated into making everything easier, especially in the ring. Like, in the ring, I have so many checks and balances, and uh, I'm very superstitious. <laughs> I've been doing the same thing every single time that I step into any kind of ring. Like, it doesn't matter what ring. But I've been doing the exact same thing for t- over 12 years. Um, and it made that process even better. Like, me staring down my opponent, me checking where he's going, me talking to my coaches, me doing my handshakes with everyone, me going down to pray, me centering myself. Uh, which is a, a, a cool thing that some people do. Um, but like centering. What's that? Centering? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like at the end of a yoga class, you know, mm-hmm. when they ask you to center yourself. Yeah. So you, I kind of do something very sim- sim- similar to that. I actually call it not centering, but anchoring myself into that moment or into a, a headspace, so to speak. And my anchoring um, is basically a moment in time where I knew how I needed to succeed or what ultimate success felt like yeah yeah um it could have been a moment in training it could have been most of the times it's like a bunch of different memories and flashes that just go before my eyes like i I go down on my knees close my eyes and i anchor myself like right in the ring um and it's a multitude of things usually it's like a a good moment in training uh a time where i won something and my boys were behind me or my team was behind me uh a moment in high school where i made a play (laughs) like and just like knowing the and having the confidence of those moments but anchored at that specific moment and then opening my eyes coming up onto my feet seeing my coaches knowing they know exactly what just happened and exactly what kind of mind frame i am uh, i'm in and like making that eye contact with them like just having that nonverbal communication of like yeah we understand and let's do this like let's go Ah, that's just like a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, that's that awesome. Ang- yeah, that's just like an electrifying <laughs> feeling. Turning around, seeing the other person do almost something similar. And um, yeah, like I have a big psychological <laughs> mental warfare that goes on between me and the other person without saying a word. Um, and I always try to win that battle. That's Do you usually? I, I feel that I do. And I honestly, I think that's because I anchor myself. But I'm pretty sure the person across from me is thinking the exact same thing. But... Um, and I give I, I I make victories in my head also, and um, that was a big thing that I actually learned from one of my um, from a strength coaches. Mental victories, like create mental victories, um, and I do that. So it's like 
if I'm looking at my opponent and we're making eye contact, it's like, all right, if he looks away, then it's over. I win. Like, yeah. it's automatically yeah. you win. I win. And then he look, looks away. He's like, oh, got you one time. Like, I already won. And then if if I if he moves his arm and, like, swipes sweat off his face, I'm like, oh, he's nervous. <laughs> like, like, I make these, like, small mental victories. In my head. Like, he's listening to his coach, but he's nodding his head, but he's not really, like, listening. Like, oh, he's not really listening. Oh, he, he's, he's worried. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's worried. He's not in this yeah. fight. Like, giving myself those mental victories and, like, hearing my coach, like, s- basically say what I'm seeing. Yeah. And saying it back to me, like, oh, he has his hands on so his So you're face. that much in sync with your coaches. Yeah. I mean, so actually, some, some of them, some yeah. of them I, I really am. Um, or, like, even seeing, like, a hand on the hips, like, oh, he's tired already? Like, he has his hands on the hips, sign of fatigue? And then I'll hear my coach, sign of fatigue! I'm like, <laughs> like, perfect. Like, so just having those, like, mental victories along with listening to the right music, along with anchoring myself, along with, like, all of that. Like, honestly, I feel like I, I've already won half the time. <laughs> after that, like, after shaking hands, I'm like, oh, I already won this. Like, and then... <laughs> yeah, but you're doing it, you're not doing it in a way, like, I'm better than this No, dude. no. It's, it's more just, like, I took care of my business, and yeah, my business and is better like, than your business. Those so. checks and balances, like, I check all of the boxes before I fight. Like, this box is checked, that box is checked, yeah. that box is checked. Like, I woke up in the morning, felt great, check. This felt great. Check. Hands wrap. Check. Oh, that combo felt crispy. Check. Ooh, good song. Check. Playlist is on point. Check. Let's blow this wad. Like, so sometimes, uh, most of the time, actually, like, like two hours before my fight, I'll listen to amped up music to like completely dump my adrenaline so I already know what it feels like and I already have that already done and over with. And yeah. Then I have two hours to recover. Yeah. And then let's do it. Um. So like, oh, check. Didn't you say that that first time you came out? I think you were telling me like you you came out and were just like. Mm-hmm. Like you were just I, the way you told it was so funny, dude. Yeah, uh, dude. I think it was the Bay Area song. I came out to Mac Dre, um, "Get Stupid," and or no, it was "Let Let's Go" by um, Trick Daddy Lil Jon. Oh gosh, that song, dude. I was I had like my eyes bulging out of my head. I was jumping up and down, like pacing all around the yeah, room. Yeah, my legs felt so heavy, like so heavy after like the adrenaline dump. Yeah, so yeah, you just you just learn. <laughs> you so so to some things. guys, like everybody's like you said, doing their own thing over there. And, yeah, but some dudes some dudes are gonna go that are gonna prefer that. Aren't oh, hundred percent. I've yeah. seen people like you. You ever watch wrestling? Yeah, like, you know, like, like WWE. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I've seen some people like Ultimate Warrior sprinted out, like jump around, yell, and like keep that same. And they like, they pace. don't dump it. They don't lose it. Keep the same pace. They need that. I've seen some people get slapped by their coaches before. Like I'm like I like I said I'm kind of calm, cool, and collected. My coach slapped me up like, "What is wrong with you? Like, why would you do that?" <laughs> so like, I'm actually I'm actually curious about this again. Talent's gonna win out more often than not, but yeah, that flow state we talk about a lot of times is I feel like it's it taps into the parasympathetic side more than we can imagine, you know. And I think like yeah. the the preconceived notion of of a, someone that goes out for a fight, like you just ask your random dude on the street, like, "Oh, I need to be hyped," like, rah, 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 rah. you know, wow. like just. But sometimes I feel like that just takes away from... You need to be real. Like, half the time you need to be, like... I, I, I don't know. Some people is different. Some people like to be angry. Some people like to be mad. I think I... Honestly, I, oh, I, I honestly <laughs> think I've been doing it for such a long time, too. Um, and, like, I can just read things that I have to be relaxed. Like, it's almost like I'm, like, kind of sleepy, if you will. Like, when I fight. It's just like, okay. Oh, I see that jab. Hope, oh, hope. Oh smooth be relaxed let just and i'm reactive i'm really reactive yeah and i just um i i take things in a, a big scope so within like the first 35 seconds i can pretty much 
pinpoint what I want to do and how I want to do it. Um, just about like how you move, how you fake, how you might throw a certain thing, how you react to how I fake going here. Oh, I step to my inside, you step to your outside. Cool, gotta kind of kind of have a game plan already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I take it from there, and it's just like very like uh, fluid. It's very active. It's very fluid. Like if I'm ever tense, I so you have like a not even just in your mind, but you probably like your peripheral bit. Like you're not like tunnel visioned in on this on this cat necessarily <sighs> like you're picking up things all over you know yes yeah but i it, it's more like i'm picking up things or tendencies i'm really big on looking for tendencies like i'll pick up tendencies i'll pick up habits that he has um like every three steps he puts his hand to his head like i'll pick up like small things like that and it's just like okay so he reaches for his head on the third step so that means if he does it again I know it's a habit, and if he does it again when he goes his hand high, I'll I'll kick low, so that way it's kind of like counterproductive for him to do that. You think that's or, rare, like the skill set that you have? No, like in your in your sport, or do you think most dudes are no? Are picking up this shit? Well, I don't know. I, it could be it could be really rare, but my team, <laughs> we all do that, so that is where I say I don't think it's that rare. But I think I I, I don't think it's that rare. But I think. Um, applying it at the way that i do is rare like i think every, i think a lot of fighters can do it because they're prepping they're looking at film exactly like i think that. a lot yeah. of fighters can do it but i don't think they can execute it as well as i can yeah or keep it as fluid as i can yeah or pick up on very small subtle but details if they can. did if they did it might actually end up being more detrimental to them anyway if they're more of that sympathetic like lock yeah. in and yeah and then they might then they might start overthinking because i know i overthink but i can still be fluid if you have some people who overthink and literally will freeze. Yeah. Like, they won't throw anything. They won't do anything. Like, you'll see, like, your very stalemate UFC fight. And you're like, what's going on? They're just standing there because they're overthinking it. Like, yeah. Like one person's way overthinking a game plan over the other. Yeah. So, and then they'll, they'll say, like, oh, I didn't fight the way that I normally fight. They're not used to that. They're yeah. They're not used to going with that kind of flow. Some people just need to bite down on their mouth guard yeah. and just swing for it. Yeah. You know? What's uh? What's I think we were talking about this last time we talked too. What's Con- Connor's kind of the opposite of you in a sense, like in what he's doing pregame and like, yeah, I don't just know. from your observation. I know you don't know the Connor. Guy. See, I and Connor plays the psychological warfare, not like in the ring, outside the ring, on everything that he does. Like as soon as he signs, even before he signs, puts pen to paper, like he can be he lines up his fights like well ahead of time, like. He prepares completely different because he prepares not only for like a, a person. He prepare and I'll give it to him. Like I don't think he's the most like the greatest fighter of all time. Aspects like that. Like I don't actually think he's that nice standing up. Even though his stand up is what he's known for, uh, I don't think his ground game is that nice. Like I, but what I will give to Connor every single time is he wins that battle of psychological warfare. Not only in the the ring but even like you might be fighting another person and he's on a card with you and he's like i want to fight that person eventually i'm gonna start picking at him now so he'll like drop a little like little nugget there he'll say a little insult there he'll send out a little tweet about your fight on the same card that you guys had and then you guys might not even be on the same path like you might need to take two more fights before you even reach but he knows but it's coming yeah it's gonna be a money fight yeah like it's gonna be a money fight so he'll still keep picking there picking there picking here picking there 
until he gets the fight. And then when he gets the fight, he's going to insult you. He's going to continue to jab at you. And it becomes personal for you, the other person. Uh, in the ring, it's a, a personal vendetta and they can't relax. Yeah. And the, the, the craziest thing I think is, and I don't know actually how I would ever take this, is having... See, like, fighting is very one-on-one. It's like, yeah, sure, you have your coaches behind you, but no one really knows It's an individual you. sport. Once yeah. you're out there, it's you. It's just yeah. you. Yeah. And, like, you're, the spotlight's never on your coaches. The spotlight's never on anyone but you. And unlike, uh, what else? Like, what's another good one-on-one sport? Like, tennis. Tennis players don't get booed. Like, when they walk onto a court, yeah. they don't they, get They booed. both get cheered for. They both and get yeah. cheered for. Like, <laughs> boxing, fighting, like, kickboxing, you might get booed. But if you're the opposite fighter from McGregor, you know you're getting booed. And you're not just getting booed. You're getting booed loud, hard, and it's going to be deafening. It, uh, in any of those, yeah. like, arenas, Certain personality types aren't going to hold up well. Dude, like, I don't yeah. even know how I would hold up. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like, because I've never been behemothly, like, just barraged with insults or, like, <laughs> fight. Pe- like, just, you don't even hear your own music. Like, you can't even hear your music over the booze. Like, and you know when he steps into the middle of the ring, he opens his arms, all you're going to hear is just crowd yelling yeah. for him. And it's glorious. Yeah. And he steps in the middle of the ring and does it on purpose. And he does his little, his little shoulder yes. thing. And, and all you hear is just, and as soon as it switches to you, deafening booze. The complete <laughs> opposite. Like, that is a, that is a check in a box, like, for McGregor every single time. Like, psychologically, that has to do something for mm-hmm. even if you're like i'm a strong psychological fighter like i don't i don't think i would have a problem with it but in the back of my mind i'm still like fuck might dude. be there like, yeah. yeah i'm like fuck yeah. dude, everyone's cheering against me like what so that definitely could so, be i hate to like harp on yeah. this but like what what's kind of like maybe a fighter that maybe relies like more on this full speed ahead their flow state is much more hyped up than, uh, than like what you are for example a person who's actually really good at staying, who's a little bit more hyped up than me, just but it's still very cerebral. I mean, for like uh, MMA fans, would be uh, um, uh, Dominic Cruz. Dominic okay. Cruz is like very smooth, very fluent, reacts very well, sees tendencies, knows tendencies, comes in, but he still has a very constant pressure to him. Like he's not necessarily throwing punches and bunches like you would like a diego sanchez which is psychotic in my opinion <laughs> just to like bite down your mouthpiece and just throw and hope hopefully everything happens and works out <laughs> like, that's insane to me um that is nuts to me um or even like a diaz or like a diaz like they just throw punches and bunches. yeah but so so those guys like clearly not your like well how you you oh yeah, yeah no, how no, you're no, wired no, i did not approach the game like that but <laughs> for them it's probably what makes them so good right? yeah 100 yeah. like i wouldn't want to stand in front and like take that punishment for that long like no way <laughs> get away from me <laughs> but um yeah no that's what makes them like special fighters like they're a special kind of fighter especially because they're resilient like it's one thing if you fight that way and you get knocked out all the time, or like you're an iffy fighter, but they fight like that and they're very successful mm-hmm. at fighting like that. Like mm-hmm. they take shots that like normal human beings would just crumble from, but yet they will continue to walk you down. Yeah, 
win. And that that in itself, like psychologically, <laughs> yeah. must be like holy it's shit. Like, what do like, I gotta do? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> go down. And then the the crazy part about the Diaz brothers, especially, is because they're known for that, but they're nasty on the ground. Like they're like really. So they just really, come at you no matter where you are. No, but they don't like going to the ground. Oh really? Yeah, they they will like not want to do it. So for your striker, who's actually might be better at striking than them, but they won't go down. You're like, okay, I'll take a break by taking them to the ground. But once they get there, the once they <laughs> yeah, get there, they're better on the ground. So <laughs> they like, just don't like it. Yeah, they just don't. Okay. They just rather stand in front of you and punch you. Well, then you got then you got Khabib. Nobody's gonna beat him, huh? dude. He's disgusting. Khabib is I actually Tony is probably the only person I think that could take. Oh, and you see, yeah, 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 yeah. I used to train with Tony. And that's like saying a lot because Tony kind of like did me dirty in training. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he did me really dirty. Um, <laughs> came to training, like we went kind of like mayhem and hard on everyone. He ended up actually getting knocked out in the session. Oh my Not by gosh. me, by someone else. Oh my gosh. Um, and then I've never seen him again. Like, swear. Never he just wasn't again. about it after he that. He never came back. <laughs> um, and I trained with him for like years. Um, but no, I think Tony could because I think Tony's pace, like I said, he's one of those in your face, like, I don't know how he does it. Like kind of, like I've trained with him forever and he's, I can like crack him in the face, but he'll just, he can just sustain that adrenaline and dopamine. Like (laughs) it means nothing. Like I can hit him with a really hard shot as hard as I can. It means nothing to him. Like he's still going to come forward. He's going to, he's going to smile and like, he's going to like it, like fuels him. And that is definitely not how I operate. <laughs> um, but yeah, like for instance, I I I do think he can because he's very flow. Like he reacts to everything. Like he might get cracked, but he'll react to that crack and he'll be falling, but throw something here and then go for the takedown at the same time. Oh, you missed the takedown, but I can flow into this. Like, does he want to go to the ground, with Khabib? Though I don't think he cares. Oh really? Like I really don't think he cares. Like I think he will do whatever. Like, wow, that's crazy. He cares. Like he's one of the probably the only fighter in the world that would be like, oh, I've been fine taking Khabib on the ground. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think he cares. Like Tony's, ah, Tony's dangerous, man. Like he's he's a dangerous individual because I don't think he really cares. That's incredible. Like even from training with them, I just don't think he cares. Well, you, did you train with Connor too? I've sparred with Connor one time. How was that? Easy. <laughs> it, was, it was before he was like Connor, but it was still easy. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was easy, but no, um, no, it's like I said though, like, um, Connor, he's, I honestly like, dude, he, he gets people mentally. Did he have that swagger even when, when you, you saw him or was it not enough time to really get No, he had the swagger. Yeah. He had the confidence. He's like, I think he's always had the confidence and the swagger. Uh, I just don't think he could have put it together as well as he yeah. can now. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and that's, that's the thing now, like, that's one thing I'm interested in, like, in, Obviously, you've got the you have karate, kickboxing, right? Yeah, uh, Muay Thai as well. Yeah. So like you're blending all these disciplines together, and it's like it must be so hard because you know you got to focus on who you're gonna fight, you got to focus on what you're good at, what you prefer. Like there's so many factors that go into all these disciplines that you're combining. Actually, I don't actually worry about the other person that much. Oh really? Yeah. Um, it's very weird uh, in fighting. You have some people who like game plan and study for a certain fighter, but then like you end up changing what makes you the dangerous fighter if because you're, you're just over preparing for what that person is. exactly yeah. like you'll see a lot of UFC guys do that like when they get like a title shot they'll like completely revamp the way they're fighting because they don't want to blow their shot to their game plan for an individual instead of fighting their fight um so I'm really big on fighting my own fight 
sure, I'll pick up tendencies and figure out where, and that's why I say I, I'm really good at executing, um, because I'll still fight my fight while looking for your tendencies and seeing like where I can yeah. plug and chug, yeah. like yeah. whether that's defense or offense. Like you might try to take off with your hands a little bit too far, <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. just like okay, I know I can crack you on defense. It's like on offense, you, like I said, um, you might have a rhythm to your bounce, so I can catch you flat-footed. Um, or if I move to an angle, you don't adjust very well, or maybe not fast enough, so I know I can get you from that angle. Um, whatever. But it's it all fitting be. within the framework of who you are. Of my fight, fighting right? style. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't ever really game plan for another fighter per se. Like I'm like, okay, this person's kind of a counterfighter. This person's more you know, footwork kind of guy, but. I kind of let it be. I, I let the, the the poetry and motion kind of like take yeah. take its shape. Yeah. But then other guys will be more technical with it. Yeah, a lot yeah. of guys will like legitimately change from fight to fight. Like they'll. Leg- are, they, are they are any of them good at it? Do you think, or do you think it's? <sighs> you know what? There's some people who are really good. Like Tyrone Woodley, he's the kind of person who he he changes literally from fight to fight on how he approaches a certain person because he wants to take away their creative strength. Yeah. Um, So you have some people who are just, like, well-versed in, you know, a bunch of stuff um, and, like, making their fighting style kind of Mm -hmm. chameleon-like who are really good at it. Like, me, I just like fighting my... my Are those those the people that maybe have, like, the broadest uh, base of disciplines that they... they they study, practice, etc., or...? Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't. I don't really know the the research behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. To that. Yeah, that's it's just but fascinating because be. you yeah, got so be. many. Like we were talking about this, we could kind of shift over to this, you know, oh, yeah. wrap up the conversation. But like, um, we we're talking about just I have the boxing coach, I have the Muay Thai coach, I have the you know the strength conditioning coach, mm-hmm. the you know karate coach, whatever it is, blah blah blah. Like you said, five or six coaches for some of these guys yeah. with different things, and I could just see that being almost like too much for some guys you know yeah i I don't know how some some guys do it like they'll go to five or six practices a day like they'll go in the morning they'll have like their strength conditioning coach in the afternoon they'll have or at night they'll have a sparring session but in between that they'll have like the wrestling uh practice and then they'll have jiu-jitsu practice and then they'll have muay thai practice and then they'll have another mid session with their boxing coach so it's like so many different practices different like people in their ears um classes ran completely differently fatigue levels in certain classes can be completely different especially depending on the background of someone so if i were to do a wrestling class i would die like a jiu-jitsu class like gives me nightmares because you're just never on the ground i'm never on the ground yeah if i were ever to do a wrestling class i would like like the way that they're conditioned is completely different than the way i'm used to being conditioned from an athletic like is that just because of where you where your body is in space, or are they doing things differently from like a work to rest? I think work to rest is different, um, and like output, like how demanding it is, like to have to hold on to someone, and while you're resting, like you have to hold on to someone as tight as you can, as like you're basically you're doing like some sort of isometric contraction while you're on the ground, like quote unquote resting. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden have to pick them up, turn around, slam them on the ground. And pin them. Yeah. Like, that's that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. And then, yeah, no. So is, is what you're doing is a little more like pop, pop, pop. Okay, take a break. Do this. Exactly. Okay. It's, it's yeah. more like your normal everyday sport. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's 
a little bit more uh, like impact but it's, it's kind of like it's, I, I like to like think of it as a little bit lighter contact football but everything is done on a uh, two-minute drill and that's like a, a sparring match like just a two-minute drill quick hit boom 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 reset quick hit reset mm-hmm. quick hit reset especially for sport karate for kickboxing it's a little bit more uh a game of like tag if you will it's like you go i go you go i go you go i go or like back and forth there's like a sequence to yeah it it's kind of okay. like more of a sequence um so those that differs a lot and then like you can tell from like your wrestler compared to like your muay thai guy like in a mma practice or like even like a sparring session like depending on like how their cardio is too so that's always different too so what are some what are some general deficiencies these guys have like just like from your strength and conditioning ones. Ah, uh, okay. Um, power output for sure on a lot of them, because um, it's all the same. Like they're like you ask them to run as fast or move something as fast as I can. Like throw this med ball as hard as you can, and it's gonna pretty much be the same exact power as if you ask them to do it for like two minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no difference. They can they can summon that sub maximal for anything. Yeah, they yeah. can stay sub maximal forever. Uh, and it's like they they just start breathing harder. That's it. Uh, you're just like I don't understand. Um, that's definitely one. Uh, another one is they just don't. Un- a lot of them don't have any like like I wouldn't say strength, but just like like base. I, that's not even a good word for it either. But like a lot of people like I, like we call it like light in the ass. Like you hit them and they don't like necessarily fall, but they're light. Like you can you, you can, can you can, can move, move them around. around. Yeah, yeah, you can move yeah. them around. Like, you might be not be able to, like, knock them down, but you can definitely, like, bully them. Especially me. Like, I fight at 155 pounds, but I'm strong. Like, I, I at least I like to say that I'm strong. <laughs> Whatever strong is. Um, but, like, I, I feel like I'm stronger than most fighters that step into the ring, and I can actually feel that difference. Like, if I want to bully someone, I literally know that I can bully anyone at 155, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Power output. Um, just knowing their strength i guess it's a weird it's a weird strength because like i wouldn't say they're not strong because if you kick them in, like in the leg they're not gonna move like i get what you're saying <laughs> yeah. i get what you're saying like there, there's not really a the work capacity is high but the yeah. base of strength and the power output are things that that could, are probably lacking exactly so um, like those those things and then just understanding just like less is more like sometimes less can be more like a lot of them just like to go 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 do 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 100 different sessions in a day run six miles uh and then go cut weight and it's just like sometimes less is more yeah uh like and these guys and I, like this is the thing that always strikes me is like regardless of outputs like in terms of like power output or strength or mm-hmm. anything like that which i think we can agree especially the strength part is probably a secondary thing because yeah. Their sport specific strength they're derived from all this specific training is probably going to be more important overall. Exactly. Um, you could almost consider the strength stuff just to be a resiliency piece rather yes. than a building strength yes. piece. Um, but you, you watch them be able to go all day and everything. They're so volume based uh, in terms of in terms of what they can do. But then you ask them to, to exert that that neural output, and it's mm-hmm. just that's something I think that is probably, at least for me, it's the most trainable, important trainable thing I can give them. Yeah, I mean, but again, that is, then that's why I really like your quadrants, uh, because it's it's all relative to how beat up they are. Yeah. Like, 
some co- like wrestling like I said like I couldn't like if I did a wrestling session and you asked me how I felt right after I would probably want to like die that'd be a quadra two for you be high yeah. volume high intensity 100% for sure. yeah 100% like I would feel like death but some of these guys they go to wrestling practice and then right after like they have a Muay Thai coach and they're working on power low kicks and then right after that they gotta go to jujitsu and they're working on like just non-stop flow for 10 minutes and then after that, they have a boxing coach that does, that's doing mitt work with them. And then you got sparring, and then you ask them how they feel, and you're just like, they don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they have well, no you just, clue. You just intermix so many different volumes and intensities in the exactly. given day. Yeah, exactly. and, and that less is more thing is so so crucial because, like, the skills are obviously important, yep. but we we have a limited bandwidth that we can give out to this stuff, and if we overextend that bandwidth for extended periods of time, yep. you run into issues for sure. Exactly. You see that a lot with the fighters? Uh, or their work capacity what? is just so good. I think their good. work capacity is so good, and yeah. they literally mentally just create their own resiliency that you don't really see it that often. Mm-hmm. Um, like That's why you see a lot of guys who are always hurt, but they don't ever say anything. Um, and, and yeah, yeah. so like clearly it's not not working for these elite guys mm-hmm. um but you also I, like i just always like to think i'm like okay so your process is is serviceable right now but mm-hmm. can we tweak a few things can we take a few things out probably especially for these guys who just yeah. there's so much going on and would taking something out yeah that might worry you mentally initially like oh i'm not getting the muay thai that i think i need to be getting here but if we kind of consolidate our stressors a little better even if you're not quite as good technically at the Muay Thai, come fight, like, you might just be that much better as, like, just a general global person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? see, but, yes, but then that's, that's a trick that's very tricky, very, very tricky, because then the person you're fighting might have an expertise in, like, strikings. Let's say, let's just keep, let's just keep that subject. Mm-hmm. So that might be something that you have to focus on. So you really have no choice. Sometimes you so sometimes, sometimes you're just hamstring. Yeah, just sometimes yeah. like you're just like yeah. But I think honestly, that's where you would want more collaboration in between coaches and between gyms and stuff like that. But then again, you have some guys who train at like a, a at a jujitsu school because that's what they do. They only do jujitsu and like they're the best at doing jujitsu. So obviously they're gonna go to the best jujitsu coach. Mm-hmm. And they might go to a completely different uh, striking coach than everyone else from that jiu-jitsu, uh, jiu-jitsu school. So that striking coach has no affiliation with this jiu-jitsu school. So you, they, there's no way for that to be communicated. Yeah. Like, we just had yeah. a hard day. Like, let's continue that. Or, like, these guys are ran through the ground. Make sure you don't continue to run them through the ground. And this, but, like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. So. I don't think it exists most places, man. Like, when I worked for the Bills, you get guys coming back, like, the NFL CBA is just such a shit show, mm. you know, and like, mm-hmm. so the, unless it's changed, because that was a couple of years ago, it would be, you're, you know, the bills are done in, done the first week of January every yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they'd be done the first week of January. They, you know, do whatever they do until like April 1st. Mm-hmm. They train through June 1st or what, or middle of June or something like that. They get three to four weeks off and then they go to training camp. Like, that's you know okay so we we got training in with the team where we know all the stressors that are going on yeah. for three months but there's another two to three and a half months where you don't know where they are like are you talking to their trainers like yeah. what's going on and then they come into training camp and they haven't done anything you know, they might have done something but they you don't know what they've done for a month yeah, and been then been you're putting sport load on it could have 100 yeah. percent detrimental yeah. but this is the this is the thing that's crazy about fighting 
that is during off season. I'm talking about in season. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. No, that, that's so amazing. Like, you don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm talking about in season. <laughs> like, like, you have, like, you don't talk to none of their coaches, like, throughout their whole entire training camp. Like, this person's fighting next week, and you've never spoken a single word about, like, strategy to their striking coach. Yeah. Like, that exists. Yeah. Like, that really does. Like, I'm not a lot of places have it like that, but that does exist. Um, so that is, that's just an interesting aspect. So just communication just needs to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's honestly what it is. And just knowing, Hey, we all need to be on the same page, like, so to speak. Like, even though I know you're jujitsu and I'm wrestling and this and this and this and this, we need to make it so that way, like we're balancing the intensities and stuff like that. We need to have a general idea of what stress is and what each of us are giving. So that way we can maybe coordinate our weeks a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think that really exists. Yeah. at all so well that's it's the whole the whole thing that's real interesting about this too is just the the um you go from sport to sport and like what high volume is or what high intensity is completely changes which is why i like the quadrants too because as yep. long as we understand the context that the athlete is working in and what their physiological and physical background is mm-hmm. it's pretty easy like yeah. i could take a but you know you know i could look at take you and take me like we're probably both good at our own things, but you can handle a ton more volume than I can. Yeah. And it won't kill you like it'll kill me, yeah. you know? Um, I don't want to say my output's better than yours because it's not. No, but let's no. just say for like yeah, the yeah. sake of this, like no, sake of this, like maybe I'm a little bit more output based and, mm-hmm. you know, I can handle a lot more neurological stress than you can or whatever, just mm-hmm. based on that. I can, I can, I can work at really high outputs and yeah. come back the next day and be better than you can or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing too. Like if you're, especially like in college or something, working with multiple teams, you have to understand like what which team is a lot of volume can handle a lot of volume and which team can't. Yeah, and stuff sport, like that. The demand so, of sport. Like, yeah, it that is. Uh, but like, and that that and that's the thing that's always surprising to me with fighters too. Like, you can kind of tell when someone's base is, depending on like the, like I guess the energy system. Um, like you have some people who are like really high output, and those usually. Uh, or like really really good condition those are usually like your wrestlers like they're you usually can go forever mm-hmm. um and then like your strikers sometimes gas out like your jiu-jitsu guys they pretty much don't feel comfortable or like seem tired while standing up like it's it's weird like you can see what where they want to yeah, be yeah where they want to yeah, be what and they like want to the deficiencies do. Yeah. are and like where they're efficient yeah. at like it's it's very interesting to see that well yeah i feel like if you if you get to be elite at one thing it's definitely it's got to come at the cost of other things yeah 100%, you know 100%. um and that's that's the conundrum with like the, the mixed martial arts scene i feel like a lot too is like they're probably they probably do feel pressure to be very good at all these things and just be able to go forever and yeah it, it takes away from maybe being excellent at one thing yep um no yeah. yeah i mean and then you you have some people who are literally made their whole entire career off of being good at one thing yeah like damien maya yeah like Rousey. Not, yeah, Rousey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you know what to expect. Like <laughs> you know what's gonna She's happen. She's just gonna bull right at you. <laughs> exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. So like you never like like I mean you wanna be well versed, but when it comes down to it, who cares? As long as you're getting your results. Like, I, I think this boils down back to like our original point is is like everybody's gonna want something a little different to exactly. get them in a flow state. Exactly. Ultimately. Exactly. So. Like I said, like I don't react well to high stimuluses, like don't do that to me keep me on the lower end of the spectrum like i'm calm cool and collected as soon as i get hyped i'm hyped and it's not gonna be a, a pretty sight for 
and you just uh, dump it all quick. Oh, I dump so fast. Yeah. Like, but literally, by the time that my song came on, but to the time I got in the ring, I would be tired. <laughs> I would like legitimately feel all of it just le- like I would be silly putty. It was ugh. Do you uh, can you tell the difference in some guys that um can be aroused or not aroused? Like 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 for you, it it seems like it would take a lot to get you in a state of arousal. No, it's, and that's the thing. It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot. It's it's which is why you kind of have built uh-huh. this the way you. That's have. why I've built okay. it like so. I don't that doesn't happen okay. because it's really easy. Like I said, like Notorious Thugs, I thought it would be a slow song, like you know, hip hop song, but no, that was way too much. <laughs> like that was way too much. Um, so yeah, I, I I make sure everything is very uh, just low on the yeah. lower end of the spectrum. Like, I, was I might about- dance around and stuff, but it's still very slow. Nothing hypes me up. Like honestly, if I listen to Sam Smith, I'll be good to go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like I'm good to go. Yeah, I was thinking about that with like the Shaq Kobe example. Like, mm. Kobe, you could you could get him yep. immediately, and he he'd be locked in like that. But yep. Shaq was, I feel like it would take a lot to get Shaq like, like into a state of arousal, and yep. you know, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and that, that that's that's interesting too because that's like that's taking it in another aspect, but kind of this. Yeah, because arousal could be good or could be bad too. Yeah. Like for you, like you just said it, like you don't want to be you don't want that. Yeah. And, and it's easy for you to but, happen. Yeah, but it's easy yeah. for me to happen. Maybe Kobe wants it and it's easy. Perfect. Exactly. Maybe Shaq doesn't so want it at all weird. and you really have to... And, yeah, so it's like, know, that's like yeah. a very interesting way to... Like, like, how easy is it for you and do you even want, want it in the first exactly. place? Yeah. So, like, keeping <laughs> yeah. that in mind, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like I said, like, if I had a coach that would, like, try to hype me up and, like, slap me and stuff like that and, like, pour water on me, I'd be like... <laughs> Bro, get the fuck off Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> I would be mad. Yeah. Like, I would be so amped, but mad. And I'm like, I would be like, why would you do... Like, you're embarrassing. Like, so... Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, funny because, you know, we think about these, like, intangible qualities like intensity or passion. And it's like, for some people, that could be a negative quality. Yeah. You know, like, it 100%. might not be something that gets them 100%. into the state that we're talking yeah, about like, here. Yeah, like, and then I'd, I've noticed, like... Yeah, I enjoy when I work out with someone and, like, that person's amped up. Like, yeah, sure, like, I'll get amped up and it's really easy for me to get amped up. But at the same time, like, I also enjoy, like, when I can have silent communication with an individual in the weight room. Just, like, you're up. Yeah. It's just, like, all That's right. all you guys like, say. Let's go. Yeah, let's like, go, all right, that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> like, so I, I, I guess I, I can find that in anything that I... I, I, I guess I'm easily yeah. like, aroused, I guess. But but that's what makes humans so fun and unique to like deal with in these yeah. situations. Just figure out, what do you want? What what do you consider to be good? Because what I consider to be good might not be the same thing. Exactly. Know? So Exactly. Yeah. But man, this, this has been really fun. Um, yes, it We could have done like Joe Rogan level. But, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> but bro, anything you want to um, promote, social media, uh, projects? Uh, hey, man, my gym prevailed. Uh, strength and conditioning in Laguna Beach, California. Uh, we're kind of doing like a grand reopening, uh, so to speak. Once this whole thing is uh, is kind of managed, this quarantine yeah. kind of managed, I guess you could you could say. But um, yeah, like once that's up and going, go ahead and check out our website. And yeah, we'll looking. You know, just thanks for having me. Oh yeah, baby. Appreciate Any IG, it. anything like that? Uh, Prevail strength everything oh you're not gonna plug plug yourself i'm not gonna plug oh he's trying to keep a low profile (laughs) i always keep a low profile i don't i guess that's me i keep it low Uh, bro thanks a lot man appreciate you absolutely appreciate it jamal
many last names. What is it? Jamal I'm Hill out. Richardson Albini. But it, my my tag is Jamal uh, at Jamal underscore P I N O K. Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Grown ass boy. I remember that one. Thanks a lot, brother. No problem.